You made it through day one. Good work. <laughs> mm. um, I'm so curious what, what some of you noticed. Really curious if people could just popcorn style a few of you. What are some of the things you noticed? What did you witness? What, what did your mindfulness see today? And just a few words. Anyone? What did you notice? Yeah. Noticing and making friends. Noticing and making friends. It's like an inner attitude. You're seeing things and you're seeing an attitude of friendship. Oh, yeah. Ah. Loneliness that I felt. I felt that this is a path of uh, me being alone at the end of it. Beautiful. So making friends with, there's this attitude of friendliness and also this kind of understanding of where this is headed and the kind of poignancy of that. Beautiful. Yeah, thank you. What else? What did you notice? Yeah. New ways of working with the breath. New ways of working with the breath. So it sounds like to me, when anything new is emerging, there's often investigation, curiosity, openness, qualities of mind, and in particular relating with the breath. from the instructions today. Beautiful. Anyone else? What did you notice? Hi. I had some creativity attacks. Mm. I was very excited. When you say excited, what do you notice in your body during those creativity attacks? What was the, what was the felt sense in the body, if you know what I mean when I say that? Mm, can you remember? What's I was a little dissociated. Yeah. When it was happening. Yeah. Yeah. Can you sense right now when you say that what's happening in the body? Like a lot of upward, sparkly, energetic movement. Yeah. So like upward and sparkly movement. Yeah. Yeah. Nervous. Nervous. Yeah. There's a lot of people. Yeah. Right yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my instruction would be to feel, if we were in a group inter- or an individual or group interview, I would put my hand, instruct you to put your hands on your, these big muscle groups down here and just feel into the solidity of the body, the solidity of the earth, the solidity of ground. Yeah, and keep feeling that like here, now, here, now in the body spacious and in the body. Beautiful. And maybe one more. What are you noticing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the mind really liked to sort of um, wander by picking on small things in other people. Ah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so there's this external orientation and it's looking at other objects and 
having points of view on other objects that are external. Yeah, yeah. This, um, I love, I love coming into retreat and I love coming out of retreat because, partially because we can see all the habits, not maybe not all, but often, a lot of the habits that are normally kind of um, pushing and pulling on us away from the depth of our being. So it's a, just such a rich time to, what it sounds like with everyone who reported, just have this attitude of care, this attitude of interest, this attitude of like, woo. In this moment in time, what are the habits that the system, not us, you know, it's not like you did this. These are the habits that have come together based on all sorts of different conditioning that most of which you didn't choose. And all these habits that come together and you can just watch them, you know, and you're watching them actually start to fall away. And then in a few days, you're going to watch them like be less and what that's like and be in an inner journey there. And then you're going to watch them come back together. So it's this process, this cyclical process of seeing change, of seeing the arising and passing away of how identity forms, how identity comes into being and how it falls away. There's so much capacity for insight. And I know when I first started practicing, I just thought something else should be happening than what was happening. So I missed all this really, you know, all this, all these things that were actually really interesting and really important to my intention to be a safe, caring refuge for all beings, including myself. So if you're noticing in your mind, I'm not doing it right, it's not happening right, it should be different, more better different, anyone see a more better different point of view in your uh, thoughts today. So if you notice that, it's a really good opportunity. I, I like to think a lot of like systems of oppression and, um, and I think like this is internalized oppression. You know, part the systemic forces in our world, what we call tanha or uh, craving, clinging, that then manifests in huge systems right now that guide a lot of our conditioning the the essence of tanha is you're not doing it right. It's not right right now. It's not happening. Enough. It's not enough right now. And so you can just see that so subtly and kind of oftentimes for many of us, it's a veil that's per- pervading all of our experience. It's just like, it isn't right. It's not right. The moment isn't right. Pushing and pulling on it. And if you can bring the mindfulness to that, just stay with that a little bit, that it's helpful to have, have that start to um, just become a little less strong, a little less fixated. You're doing it right. You know how to do this. Your body knows, your mind knows, your heart knows. Trust yourself. Mm. So, I really like the title of this retreat, In the Presence of Love. I think of titles as 
um, like an invocation, like we're invoking certain qualities um, into the retreat through what we call in, through our intention. And so um, I've been enjoying walking around with this thought that we're in the presence of love, that we've called in this presence of love. And the thing about... um, Yeah, the thing about calling something in is it's not that we always feel it, but there's an intention. We're orienting our intention towards it. And that's a big theme of this metro retreat is that we're cultivating intention and then we're letting go of outcome. So we're cultivating intention and letting go of outcome. We're cultivating an intention towards presence and we're cultivating an intention towards loving kindness, metta, love, care. And we're not always going to feel it. In fact, we're often not going to feel it. And again, when you're not feeling it, you haven't done anything wrong. That's actually part of the process. So really, really taking that in, that how whatever the cyclical nature of your day is, of your sit, that this, there's an intelligence that's unfolding and to keep cultivating this trust in your own process and in your own inner authority and your own capacity based on the teachings that we'll give you to discern you know, where, where to go and where not to go. So when I think about in the presence of love, I was thinking, okay, so what is love? What is love? Maybe you could each just take a moment and think about your own definition. When you think of the word love, what's your definition of love? How would you define love for yourself? Anyone want to share? Curious. One or two, three. Yeah. Acceptance. Acceptance. Love is acceptance. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Love is attention. Thank you. Yeah. Love is patience. Yeah. Yeah. I once heard Michelle McDonald, one of our senior teachers in this tradition, a very fierce teacher I respect a lot. She said, metta, which is loving kindness, is love with the understanding of impermanence. Love with the understanding of impermanence, which is very much what you shared in the beginning, was this awareness of the kindness that you were feeling and also the impermanence of the moment and of this body, this life. I think of love um, in so many ways, acceptance, patience, I'm sure many of, what many of the things that you thought as well, some of the facets of it. I think of love as, um, as the, what happens when we contact life. Like when we make contact with life, 
in an authentic way, love is what emerges. Mm. And I think often what we're doing when we have an object, what our, what our, what our, what the mindfulness is doing or what the attention is doing is when there's an object, we're pushing on the object. We're like, okay, my attention's here, but we're like paying really hard attention or we're a little bit spaced out. And I think of love as like when we like make contact, like genuine contact, then there's an alchemy that emerges that I would call love. And it can be all pervading, which is a very beautiful thing to experience. It can also be fairly simple and ordinary and almost imperceivable, especially to the mind that is moving so quickly in our culture. And it takes patience, and it takes acceptance, and it takes openness, and it takes wisdom to learn how to make contact with the moment, how to touch the moment, how to um, be intimate, how to dance with, how to open to the moment. Mm. So I thought maybe let's try this actually just physically. So put your hands together and have one hand be like, you know, your hand, just the, the object, and then the other hand, the mindfulness, and just press hard on it. Like just make contact with it, but in a really hard way, like a pressured way. And just feel that, like what it's like to like press something hard. And then, you know, take it off a little bit, but just the pressure's still on, like just feeling the difference. And then release it, just shake them out. And then this time, having the same hand be the object, and then the other hand just not making contact. Like kind of just like space, you know, like not contacting it, like off over somewhere else. It's just not making contact. Right? Yeah, and then shaking that out. And and finding, like, with this moment, what's the authentic, what's the genuine way of making contact, the mindfulness in the hand? Like, where's the, like, contact that feels authentic and... Like, there's a meeting, there's an intimacy. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So with this retreat, what we're doing is we're bringing mindfulness <clears throat> in contact with the moment, whatever's unfolding. And while at the same time we're adding intention, we're adding a specific intention of metta. And we're going to start this up tomorrow. 
So today what we did was we worked on settling and calming the mind. So it's shamatha or, um, or uh, stability. We're creating stability of mind. Just like, okay, breath, body, loving awareness, gentleness, breath, body, loving awareness, gentleness, settling, settling, settling. And then tomorrow we're going to start in with the phrases. So we're making the contact now with a phrase that's included in the body. You know, we'll stay in the body, start to in, inclining the mind with phrases. Phrases equal intention. And the point of this is to is not to again not to have a particular experience. It's to strengthen your mind to move towards metta when you really need it. It's to incline the intention towards kindness and care so when you really need it in your life, it'll show up. It'll mean some moments you'll feel it here and some moments you won't. It's not actually your business. Your lane, your work is just to continue in a really gentle, really kind, really caring way. Just keep going with the phrases. And it's a practice of trust. It's a practice of surrender. It's a practice of uh, uh, creativity (laughs) at times of just like, okay, how can I stay with this phrase? All right, what am I going to do? We'll be talking about this throughout. I just want to orient you a little bit to what we're doing and and create a little kind of um, map Sharon Salzberg tells this story of, um, I love this story of being on retreat and she had a really hard life and did not, could not experience metta. She was like, what are they talking about? And I think as a community, we've gotten better at describing metta for the record, but um, it was a while ago. And so she was, she didn't, she was saying metta phrases over and over again, several weeks into quite a long retreat didn't experience metta once, but she had a ton of faith, a ton of faith because she had seen the fruition of the practice. And something happened, she had to leave the retreat and she was in her room and she dropped a cup and the cup fell and she had the thought, oh, it's okay, sweetie. You're just rushing because you need to get somewhere or something like this. Like she had a kind thought to herself. She had never had a kind thought to herself before around something like that. She would have judged herself. So that's what we're doing. We're setting intention. We're setting intention. We're setting intention. We're setting intention. And another student that I worked with several years ago, this was on a teen meditation retreat. Spring and I used to do those together like 13 years ago. super fun and um, she came to me and she was going through a really really hard time and it was an insight retreat she was like 15 years old and um, she said okay Erin like I you know I, I I need to leave the retreat this is so hard you know I'm just re- she was in a really really difficult place and but she had a lot of connections with the community so we had her do metta only and was working really closely with all of us. And each phrase that she would say, 
she would have a memory of the opposite, very strong memories of the opposite. Every single phrase, may I be safe? She did a memory of not being safe. You know, may I be healthy? She'd have a, a memory of sometime being really ill and, you know, like malice had been, uh, there had been malice involved. Every single one over and over again, she was just getting memory after memory after memory. But again, she had a lot of faith as well because of her um, practice and, yeah, years practicing. And um, she came about two and a half days in after with such devotion and confidence in the practice, I was like, oh my gosh, Erin, you can't believe it. I'm like, what? She's like, I actually deserve to be happy. It never occurred to me that I actually deserve to be happy. So there's really strong views that most of us carry about being undeserving of love, about being undeserving of care, nourishment, ease, joy, happiness. And so by doing this practice, we get to see those and we get to investigate, are they really true? With the mind still and open, the safety of Spirit Rock with all the support here, these beliefs can let go. We can give them to the Buddha, to Prajnaparamita, to Kuan Yin, to the land, to the seen and unseen beings here, and walk away more free, more open, more available to serve our world. In the presence of love, And so in addition to practicing in the seated postures, we're also integrating in the Qigong with Tisha. And so while we're doing the phrases in our seated postures, we're also doing the phrases in our walking, in our transitions, and in the Qigong. So it's a practice of like, it's, all, it's like a, have you ever had a song in your head and it just doesn't stop? You know, and it just keep, it's just going all the time. And sometimes it's like the main thing that's happening and you're just like jamming to the song inside. And then other times it's in the background, but if you pay attention, it's still going on. That's what we're cultivating. It's like this ongoing boom, boom, boom. And there's a tempo to it too. So there's like a boom. Bon, 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 bon. Like you get a tempo going with the phrases. And um, yeah, so when you're learning a new Qigong posture, it's not going to be as prevalent because you're learning the new posture. But in a few days, you're going to know all the postures. So the, the chant can be primary or the, the, that can be primary when you're moving around in your space, when you're eating you know, taking a pause, remembering the phrase, say it between each bite. You just keep like, get this like, get this mantra, this phrase, just keep going, 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 going. 
sometimes it will be like your worst enemy and other times it can feel like a good friend, you know, like a really good friend. And that's part of what we're seeing as well as what our relationship is to the phrases and getting to work with that as well and just be with that as well, open to that as well, open to that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. In this quality of effort, I really want to emphasize, I think you can feel it in the way that all of us teach, is so much about relaxation. This backing up, this resting, this relaxing, and then making contact. Because so much of our training in this culture is like, we're, we're quick, we're making quick transitions, we're, you know, making intense contact. And so we're un, we want to untrain that and really rest back, let things like be re- relaxed first and then come in with intention, then come in with effort, then come in with contact of the phrases. So you might come into your posture and just do... Uh, several, you know, cycles of breathing or just be with the breath a little bit and arrive first. And then when you're like, okay, there's a sense of arriving, then start out the phrases. Like, don't feel like, okay, now I have to do the phrases, go! You know, just, you'll see the conditioning, like whatever your conditioning is, it it will arise. The other thing to say, and this isn't gonna be for exactly today, but I wanna be pinging this in your mind, is that eventually, so you're setting the intention with the phrases, and then eventually if the feeling does arise, the feeling becomes really strong, then the intention is like going, the momentum is going, and you can back up off the phrases. So you don't have to keep the phrases going if the, if the feeling gets really strong. And so that means like intention is kind of, does that make sense? Like the intention is like, it's like a motor and the motor's going. So bask in that, know it, but you don't have to like keep that going necessarily. You can, um, then if the feeling stops, then pick up the phrases again. You just keep going with the phrases. But if the phrases start to feel like friction and the mind's starting to get more subtle and more still, go with it. Um, yeah. Did anyone notice any body pain today? Yeah? Some body pain? Yeah. Maybe say a few words about that. Ah, bodies. Right? Mm, I have one with chronic pain, so it's like, oh... It's hard to come in. I can relate to that, just the what you described. It's like, oh no, I don't want to come in here. <laughs> it's painful. Um, so especially the first couple days of retreat, we're not used to sitting like this. We're not used to sitting in chairs. Um, start off when you come into the hall and, you know, as people are arriving, I know we're all trying to get here a few minutes before the sitting starts, like do some of Tisha's movements, do some of the things that you're learning, just getting the joints in motion, getting things, uh, the, the fluids going is such a good idea, such a good idea. 
or spending a few minutes before the sits outside in front of a tree, doing some motion, just intending this flow. A lot of what happens is we get in these postures and we're like, okay, I have to do meditation. And the natural kind of fluidity and motion and mobility that's just natural. It's not, I mean, I'm kind of, I'm overemphasizing it now, but there's just this like natural pulse, flow, life, aliveness, vitality that's available. And we're kind of frozen on top of it with our idea of what meditation is. So, I mean, the first is like to relax the body as much as you can. And to, if you're not in a comfortable position, if you feel like your meditation posture isn't going well, we'll be, the schedule's a little tight, but we'll be working on supporting you in your meditation um, postures. We want to make sure you're all, um, all, in a, at least a posture that's comfortable. So if you're, you know, you see, okay, my, I'm not holding unnecessarily and my posture is pretty good, then it can be good to check in with, you know, going into, um, going into areas of the body, paying attention to areas of the body where you feel ease. I don't recommend, especially with the meta practice, to go into the places where there's pain you want to focus on places where there's ease. So if you're feeling pain in your knee, but your left shoulder is easeful, pay attention to your left shoulder, your left knee, you know, keep the attention more in this part of the body because we want to be cultivating pleasure, ease. It's not like the insight practice where we would go in and really try to investigate. We want to more be orienting towards pleasure, orienting towards ease, orienting towards care, metta. Um, sometimes, you know, what's going to happen that hasn't already... Did anyone cry today? Yes? All right. Um, well, we welcome tears in the meditation hall, just for the record. Ajahn Cha, this really beloved meditation teacher says your practice hasn't started until you've started crying. And so oftentimes when we start to feel that flow, that wave, it's heart opening. You know, when we start to cry, there's something that's releasing and our conditioning is to go, no. And we close our throat and we close our jaw and we feel all ashamed and we worry about our neighbor and we make up all these stories about ourselves. So you can notice that, and then you can invite your jaw to relax, you can invite your throat to relax, and you can breathe into your chest, and you can feel your shoulders and your knees and feel space, and you can let some tears flow down your face. Maybe wipe them with your sleeve or something since no one, everyone's eyes is closed and no one's watching. So your tears are welcomed here, your emotions are welcome here, your body pain is welcome here. It's all welcome in the feel of this presence of love, in the presence of love. So you're doing the phrases and there's gonna be a whole wave of like life that's emerging while you're doing your phrases. Life is welcome here. This is why we practice. We practice because we love life and we want life to thrive. So please 
don't um, try to stop your life from unfolding while you're concentrating on phrases. See if you can allow both of these things to co-emerge. This life, this unfolding, this upwelling, this well of your particular story, your particular causes and conditions, your particular life emerging, upwelling, flowing, releasing, letting go, moving like a river. While at the same time, you as an intelligent being with the wisdom that had you come here keeps intending care, keeps intending happiness, keeps intending peace, keeps intending ease. All of you is welcome. I think the last thing I'll say is just to again orient you I'm a person I like to know where I'm going and then I rarely go where I think I'm going but especially in these kinds of things but I want to give I will give you the map as well as that we're going to we're going to start with ourselves and the reason why we'll start with ourselves maybe we'll start with ourselves benefactor ish and the reason why we start with ourselves benefactor is cuz the cuz it's easiest I think we start we start with benefactor yeah and then self or Good friend, yeah, yeah, good friend, yeah. Um, we're going to start with like a good friend or an animal or a place because it's easiest. And the idea is like the heart is like, or the intent, we're doing where, we're doing what's kind of comes easiest first. And then once it arises, then we'll move on to others. And it's like you kind of, it's like a outpouring. And we'll eventually go to self then neutral person, then difficult person, then all beings. At any point along the way, you can just stay with one or you can go with the progression. And so you'll be in choice about, you know, w- wisdom with the wisdom based on, based on your own, by your own practice. And spring's going to go way more into that tomorrow morning. But just to give you a little orientation, if you don't know, that we'll be using the phrases in particular ways with particular categories. And this has been done for so many years. It's kind of cool to just be here in 2018 and to connect in with all the beings, people, throughout hundreds and hundreds of years that have been using these phrases for this exact same intention. Yeah. So I thought I'd read this quote that... Um, it's kind of like an oldie but goodie, so many of you might know it, and then we'll do some mocking meditation. It's called St. Francis and the So. The bud stands for all things, even for those things that don't flower, for everything flowers from within of self-blessing, though sometimes it's necessary to reteach a thing its loveliness, to put a hand on its brow of the flower, and to retell it in words and in touch, it is lovely until it flowers again from within of self-blessing. 
The bud stands for all things, even for those things that don't flower. For everything flowers from within of self-blessing, though sometimes it's necessary to reteach a thing its loveliness, to put a hand on its brow of the flower and to retell it in words and in touch that it's lovely until it flowers again from within of self-blessing. My prayer is that we all flower together over the course of these days. And I really look forward to that unfolding together. Let's sit for a minute. Though sometimes it's necessary to reteach a thing its loveliness, to put a hand on its brow, the flower, and retell it in words and in touch, it is lovely until it flowers again from within of self-blessing. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.